It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Hello to everyone listening today. I am Joe Mott, your host. I appreciate those who have taken the time to contact the radio station and to give me encouraging words about the program. I look forward to hearing from you again. In the last episode, I was in the midst of giving 10 major distinctions between the God of Christianity and Judaism, Yahweh, and the God of Islam, Allah. I will briefly repeat the first few distinctions and continue on to finish all ten distinctions, giving more detail than the latter ones. Number one, Yahweh is a trinity. One God eternally manifests in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But Allah is not a trinity. In Islam, any supposed division of God is rejected, including the assertion that Jesus is divine. Number two, the Christian Heavenly Father has an eternal Son. That's, you can find that in, say, John 3.16. Islam believes Allah cannot have a Son. Indeed, the idea is considered blasphemous. Number three, Yahweh is a spirit. You can see that in John 4, verse 24. But Allah is not a spirit. Number four, Yahweh is both transcendent and imminent. In the passage, Psalm 145, 18 and 19, we read, The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desires of those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. Other important references are found in Psalm 34, 18, Psalm 119, verse 151, Jeremiah 23, verses 23 and 24, Acts 17, verses 27 and 28. While Yahweh is transcendent and imminent, Allah, Allah is only transcendent. Number five, Yahweh is light, and in him there is no darkness at all, 1 John 1, 5. He is utterly good. In Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Yahweh can't even be tempted by evil, James 1, verse 13. But Allah brings about both good and evil. Number six, Yahweh, Yahweh is a heavenly father. In the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6 and 9, 
uh, Allah is not a father, according to Surah 19, verses 88 to 92. Number seven, Yahweh loves all people, including all sinners. Luke 15, 11 through 24, regarding the prodigal son story. Allah loves only those who love him and obey him. Number eight, Yahweh says that he is not wishing that any should perish, but for all to come to repentance. Second Peter 3, verse 9. But the Quran rejects the idea of redemption. Allah desires to afflict people for their sins. That's in Surah 5, verse 49. Number nine. Yahweh has revealed himself generally by nature, conscience, and history, and specially through the Bible and the person of Jesus Christ. But Allah reveals only his laws, but never reveals himself. Number 10, distinction. Yahweh has an objective basis for forgiving people for their sins the death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. However, Allah has no objective basis for forgiving people. In truth, then, Allah bears no resemblance to the one true God of the Bible. However, some people may bring this objection about the Christian doctrine of the Trinity. They ask, How can there be three persons and one God at the same time? Isn't this a contradiction? Well, first of all, the Christian belief in a trinity of three persons in one God is not a contradiction. The questioner has a misunderstanding of a fundamental principle of logic called the law of non-contradiction. According to the law of non-contradiction, Two propositions are contradictory when these two propositions affirm both one truth claim A and also the claim non-A at the same time and in the same sense. In other words, the two propositions affirm and deny the same thing at the same time and in the same sense or in the same relationship. In other words, the law of non-contradiction says the conjunction of the claim A and non-A is always false. The doctrine of the Trinity affirms that God is both three and one at the same time, but not in the same sense or relationship. It affirms that God is one and only one in essence, but he is three in persons. Essence and persons are different categories, like apples and oranges, male and female. Day and night are different categories. Essence refers to what God is. Person reveals who he is. So the Trinity does not refer to three who's in one who, which would be a contradiction, but instead three who's, persons, that is, 
in what, one what, one essence, which is not a contradiction. It would be a contradiction to say that God had three natures in one nature or three persons in one person or three essences in one essence. But the Trinity affirms that God is three persons and one in essence or nature. We could use the analogy of a triangle. It is three angles at the corners and yet one triangle or love. To have love, there must be a lover, say the father, a loved one, say the son, and a spirit of love, the Holy Spirit. So love is a triunity. My mind, ideas, and words form a triunity. I assume a family could be considered a triunity since it is composed of a husband, a wife, and children. Of course, we can opt apprehend the concept of Trinity, but we cannot completely comprehend it. As a pearl of wisdom, you might say the Trinity is a mystery because it goes beyond reason, but it is not a contradiction that goes against reason. Let me discuss the unity of God. God is one. See it in the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. But in the unity of the Godhead are three co-equal and co-eternal persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who are equal in their divine nature, but distinct in personhood. The doctrine of the Trinity is based on three lines of evidence. First, evidence for one God. From Genesis to Revelation, Scripture consistently testifies to the one true God. See, for example, Exodus 20, verses 2 and 3 in the Ten Commandments, in Isaiah 43, 10 through 13, in Isaiah 44, verse 6, John 17, verse 3, Romans 3, verses 29 and 30, and 1 Corinthians 8, 4. I recommend you all have a pencil and paper so that you can copy all these scripture references or the title of books and such as I read them out to you. Number two line of evidence is evidence for three persons who are called God. Scripture progressively reveals three distinct persons that are called God. The Father is God, see if 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 2, or 1 Peter 1, verse 2. Jesus is God in several scriptures. John 1, verses 1 through 5. John 10, verses 30 through 33. Also in chapter 20, verse 28. And Philippians 2, 9 through 11. And the Holy Spirit is God. Look at Acts 5, verses 3 through 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Third line of evidence is the evidence for the Trinity in the Godhead. In the Great Commission, in Matthew 28, verse 19, it reads, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, uh, and the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. The word name is singular in Greek, indicating that one that God is one, but three distinct persons are mentioned, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in that one verse. Same is true in the Apostle Paul's benediction to the Corinthians. He says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen. In Isaiah 42, 1-4, God says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I've put my spirit on him. Notice God is mentioned there. My elect one, the Son, and my spirit, all mentioned in one verse. See also 11 verses 2 through 3 and chapter 6 verse 3. In 6 verse 3, the words holy is repeated three times and may refer to the three persons, each of, one, each of which is holy. I hope this information will start you on a personal quest choosing for Christianity. Let me finish today uh, with this uh, close. I hope to hear from you. I ask you that pray, pray for me that I have clarity of thought, guidance from the Holy Spirit and led by the Lord. Pray for my ease of preparation and pray for my boldness of speech. I pray that God be with you till we meet again. Grace be with you all. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.